Sorry to mess up the intro for Bagger Show, but I just thought that I would very quickly uh, come on and just say that uh, throughout the episode, we were touching on Blake Akers um, and his injury. Um, of course, his collarbone injury, but uh, as soon as we ended recording, it's actually come out that the that scans have, clear, um, have been cleared for Blake Akers and his collarbone injury. I don't think there's any massive structural um, damage, uh, which is a really good sign. So he's a very, very much good chance to uh, to feature in the elimination final um, against Sydney. But I just thought I'd very quickly touch on that um, before the episode gets started because we will touch on um, Blake Akers and his injury. Um, but at the time, of course, we didn't know uh, the extent of the injury. But just thought I'd touch on that very quickly. Um, I'll stop talking now and I'll transition to the intro. <laughs> Hello one and all and welcome to our final preview, uh, final review of the season, uh, home and away season uh, until we transition into finals. Um, my name is Mitch Pattinson and as always we're joined by Ethan Daffy and we're reviewing uh, a bit of an unusual feeling, a loss, <laughs> a loss for the Carlton Football Club but final scores of course were Carlton uh, 11 goals, 7, 73 to GWS, 16 goals, 9, 105, 32 point loss. Before we transition into initial thoughts, Daffy Boy, how are you? Um, and I know that you uh, have have other, I guess, opinions for for the game. But first things first, mate, how are you? And uh, how did you see the game? No, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm you know this morning I've moved on from from yesterday. I'm trying to block it out of the mind, and you know I'm not too you know angry at it. Obviously, like I said to you before, I. You know, I don't know. There's something in the second half where the foot was off the gas, and I haven't seen us do that ever really. Um, this nine-game win streak—it was a clear mental shift. I'm not, you know, not exactly sure, but I just, I obviously, you know, you don't want to lose the game, but um, yeah, like like I said, it's 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 a game you just want to push away and forget about. Obviously, you've you've also got to tinker with stuff we need to improve on. Um, you know, clearly for mine, I thought um, our transition defense was a little bit off. Um, yesterday out of stoppage, but um, yeah, I, I thought the Giants did a good job in the whole scenario in terms of you know that all the eyes were on Charlie Kerno um, winning the Coleman, and they really could have put their heads down once he kicked that goal when we were two goals up. But obviously they had something to play for, and and clearly, clearly, well, clearly we didn't. Based on the intensity we brought, in my opinion, I just thought you know if we had a spot to play for or we were the ones playing for finals, I think it'd be a whole different all game. Uh, I think it'd be a totally different game if it was us and the Giants playing for a spot. Uh, I think we would have matched them probably better in the second half, although we matched them pretty well in the first half. I thought they were um, on through the middle of the ground. And um, yeah, it's just got my emails for, for tickets for finals and stuff like that this morning. So that's uh, definitely got me excited, Pato. Yeah, well, I think it's a good, like, I guess, summarise of how the kind of game was played. And it was very much a team that had nothing to play for against a team that had everything to play for. So, yeah. um, and I know that we both have a different sort of, I guess, opinion. We've been speaking about it pretty much all day and also yesterday as well after the game and how I'm seeing it more as the PTSD feeling of, God, I hope that isn't what we see in finals. But you're also seeing it from the other side of, I mean, halftime, it was kind of, it was pretty much yeah. dead and buried that we kind of accepted that the thing that we had to get ticked off was Charlie Kerno getting the Coleman. That was ticked off. <laughs> yes, and yes. It, like, we were already locked in for fifth spot. It was kind of pretty much down to who we, we were going to verse. We knew that 
if we were going to lose Sydney, that we would uh, play Sydney because we weren't too sure if we were going to play either Giants or the Dogs or if Sydney won, we wouldn't have been playing Sydney. So yeah. that's one of the things where we just had to, I guess, see how it all worked out. Um, but yeah, I think, as you said, I think it's very much down to the, um, it was one team playing with a never say die. I, I mean, like it was pretty much do or die attitude yeah. against a team that really had nothing to play for. So yeah, initial exactly. thoughts, Staffy boy. Um, I'll say a few things before I transition yeah. to you for your initial thoughts. But I think, as we mentioned before, I think it's just the, uh, the feeling that we haven't really felt in a, in a very long time. I mean, nine, nine or 10 weeks, um, a loss, but I think, I'll probably agree with you uh, in this sense. And I think it's just there. I don't think we have much to worry about right now. Um, And I think it's a bit of a thing where we kind of like, uh, God, that's frustrating that we play like that. But also at the other side of it, we're playing a home final in two weeks. So we need to see it um, in, in that, in that sort of um, shed, shed of light, but Charlie Kernow, Coleman medalist, um, which is absolutely fantastic. But initial thoughts, Daffy Boy, what were your thoughts of the game? Yeah, yeah, you're right with the first point. It's uh, been probably 11 weeks because we had the buy in between there too. So um, it's been a massive block of games. I said after the game, it's it's been a big block of games winning. You know, it's tough. it takes a toll on players as well, I think, for mine. And that clearly was shown yesterday that they knew they didn't have to win so they didn't have to push too hard. I'm not saying, you know, I'm accepting a loss at all. I'm not not saying that at all. But, um, yeah, like, what is it? A 10-week period where you haven't lost a game. All the eyes are on you. We've had massive scalps on the way. You know, you've beaten Port Adelaide. You've beaten Collingwood. You've beaten Melbourne's in, really, you know, really good fashion. And um, it does take a toll. And these guys haven't been in that position where they've won nine in a row. Well, we haven't won nine in a row since 2000. So, you know, the last 20 years of players haven't felt that you know, kind of winning streak and, and, you know, form and um, yeah. And with the second point, not too much to worry about. Um, we get, we get some cattle back uh, for the first final with, with Cripps and, and Doherty. And I'd imagine like we touched on off air, I think, um, I think Pitto will probably come in. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about that. Obviously in the preview of the final um, next week, which is exciting, but yeah, <laughs> the main thing for me was, was Charlie um, getting it done. I think it's the perfect reward for a, a really good, home and away season and um yeah it was a perfect goal wasn't it he, he took the massive mark and it was just like the, the whole the whole stadium stopped uh when that ball went in the air and um yeah it was just a really good a really good moment and um I just loved how the boys got around him and um you know we, we talk about you know who cares about individual accolades but in that moment in a game where we've done the team thing and locked away our spot. That's when you focus on the individual accolades and then obviously move on in the finals and focus more on team. But, and he was, you know, fist pumping after he um, got the goal and he was in the, in the goal square. I just watched a bit of footage on Fox footy and he was, you know, getting the crowd up and about and just shows that, you know, he, he's enjoying it as well. He's soaking it up. Cause I feel like a lot of athletes at all different levels, whether it's local or professional, they always keep a low key when they win an award, like a Brownlow or a, or a, or a common and they keep it low key. But I like when they show their, yeah. you know, passion and stuff like that. They they know they're you know there's something in them, you know, satisfaction. I guess you know because it feels bloody good. You know the the way he's going about it, and you know all of us on the ride with him. So yeah, they're they're my initial thoughts, mate. Yeah, well, complete spot on. And then even even yesterday when we were watching that game, because I um I always go to the game with one of my good mates. Um, and then he was saying. 
imagine being Charlie Curno right now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's just like the, 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 I guess just the, I guess awe about him is pretty um, yeah. unbelievable. But um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with your point about the, the just trying to soak in the moment. Cause I mean, I know that this is a little bit off track, but even Lance Franklin, when he kicked the 1000 goals, last yeah, year yeah, yeah. that's that's unlike him to really soak it up and kind of show some emotion and be like yeah, yeah, yeah. like getting around it because he's such an introverted sort of person that you don't really see that much from lance oh. franklin and even seeing that like the commentators and even yeah. he was saying was after the game, he was saying well i just wanted to make sure that i soaked in the moment all the enjoyments and then also ben cunnington a few weeks ago when he retired yeah well, yeah he's as, he's like as introvert, yeah he's as introverted as it comes and then um, it's just yeah. good players are now starting to soak it up and um really soak in their um I guess the achievements as as they should as well. Like they fucking worked yeah. hard for it. So um but now we'll move on to I guess to uh a little bit uh of concerns, I guess, going into the final. Of course, we'll touch into more depth, um, as you said earlier, uh for the preview episode of uh finals week one. So exciting to say that. But the two things that we'll touch on um, before we transition into the, the game sense is, of course, Blake Akers and his injury. So right now, it's a collarbone injury. Um, obviously, when you hear that, I think it comes straight to a, a snap of the collarbone, which is very worrying to think about. Um, that's that's 100% season done uh, for Blake Akers. But we don't know if it is that as of yet. Um, but I know that, I mean, realistically, when we kind of think of a collarbone injury, that has to be one of the things that goes straight to your mind. But the injury happened right in front where I was sitting. And as soon as it happened, he ran straight off and the sub was made. So that was one of the the big worries, how you didn't really, I guess, um, assess it and kind of see how it was going to play out. You made the sub straight away. And whether that was a bit of a tactical sub yeah. from obviously saying, look, look, there's no point. Let's just sub you yeah. out anyway. Um, but the other one before I transition to you, Daph, is Jacob Weirding and the suspension. So a bit of an eye poke to Toby Green. Um, and there's talk about, I guess it was a bit of uh um careless conduct. And I think it was I think that is I think that's equivalent to I think it was one week. Um it, it was either that or intentional conduct. I don't know, but um whatever I think it was Tom Morris saying on SEN earlier, um, and he was saying Whatever he was saying, it would be one week. But I mean, I guess to touch on Blake Hackers first, Stafford Boy, but then also your opinion as well on the Jack Wedding suspension. Um, what were your thoughts on the injury and also the suspension? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, down in the dumps about the in- injury. Um, like like you said, I, I was watching him straight away when he when he hurt his collarbone, um, um, and it was just he was in deep a lot of pain. I, I thought it might have been just like a uh, get got winded or something because he was holding his like he was just holding his you know kind of body um and obviously then you could kind of tell it was a shoulder or a collarbone so um and he was good yesterday I thought he was probably our best again oh, I thought he had 55 percent game time and he had 23 touches so um it shows you the impact he has and if he's out first week it's a massive out oh, I think he provides something different both behind and ahead of the ball as a winger because He's got that size about him where he can take contested marks at either end, important marks. And also he covers the ground so well and, um, you know, he breaks lines for us, which is kind of the way we like to play with, you know, the the, the halfbacks we have inside and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a bit, uh, yeah, it's a negative. Oh, why does it have to happen in the last game? Um, oh, I said to my mum, why does it happen? I said, why don't we just play someone else this week? You know, give 
Jackson Bins their first game or something like that, and you know Lee Baker's out. But I think you can't really flirt with form in terms of you know you can't just drop everyone before the first final and then bring him in. You've got to keep it. Um, so it's just the unfortunate state of AFL right now. We've just heard the news that um, uh, Melksham's done his ACL. Um, and he's just turned 32, so that's probably career over for him. Yeah. And he missed the 2021 premiership, so um, and he probably could miss another one. So it's 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 a shame. Uh, thoughts go out to him as well. So it's it's the sport. It's the sport we love, and we also hate it for for numerous reasons. And um, on to Weedering. Oh, I don't think he'll be. Oh, I don't think he'll get the week. Uh, it's it's a very different one. I, I did listen to Tom Morris as well, and he did say if it was careless, it would be a, a week. But he reckons it's it's a much different situation to a lot of eye gouges in terms of it was careless, but it wasn't really. It was minimal, like the impact. It was not really, you know, he wasn't. I think the Berry one on Oliver last year might have yeah. been in the final. He was more like on top of him, like properly, and he only got a week for that. So and I think Weedering was more trying to pull him off a guy who was putting his teammate in a headlock, by the way, um, trying to pull him off. Um, and, and then he kind of, it was like 0.1 of a second. He kind of went off straight away. So that's a good sign for me. Um, and hopefully he doesn't miss. I don't think he'll miss because uh, I'm not sure if I want to see um, Lewis Young lacing up the boots in the first final. I was I was saying that to my mate yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> we're gonna out. We will have to play Lewis Young, or we might even have to play Dominique. Mate, who knows? We might have to put <laughs> for the elimination final against the Swans. But yeah, I completely agree. like Blake Akers. That's just such a yeah, yeah, such a concern. I mean, we don't want to say anything yet because no news as of yet, and I don't want to say anything because I don't even want to think about it because I just want him to be okay. Um, yeah, hope that he it's this is why the I guess the first week I mean um the the pre-finals buy is so important because players like this we might have that one to two week injury just yeah. gives them a bit of a break a bit of a setback so they can just go towards an elimination final or a, a week one of finals and hopefully that they're fit but the other one, Jacob Weedering. I do, I do see your point, and it's just I think the AFL this year have made it where if you touch anywhere near the eye, that has to be counted as intentional yeah. and careless. And I, I, I hate it. I hate it. But you also see the point of it as it's just stupidity. He didn't have to do it. He did not have to yeah. do that. And that that's where I'm coming from. Where of course you would love Jacob Weedering. He's the most like. I've been saying it every single week. He's our most important player out there. And if he is not playing, good luck to the rest of the team because we will not, like, we won't be um, fully fit if Jake Wienering isn't out there. So I just think that hopefully he somehow gets off it. I think he will. My, my gut feel says he will. Um, but also, on the other hand, we haven't really seen a lot of eye pokes this season, especially. It's going to be interesting to see what they actually do with Jake Wienering, especially for a final. Well, I wonder if it's going to be. I mean, I don't think that would change. I guess the ruling of it, but just fuck, just 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 let him off. He's fine. Like he hasn't been to the bloody tribunal. Just let him off. So, um, but now we'll move on to I guess the ground overview, and we'll kind of touch on uh the defense, midfield, ruck, and of course the forwards. Um, and we kind of just have to go through um the defense as you mentioned earlier, Daffy Boy. Probably the first time this season, even. Um, that we've really seen a defense, I guess, I get like I guess in a word like a depleted in a way. Um, I mean, conceding 105 points against the Giants. Um, I don't know it's a little bit of a worry, but I think uh, at the end of the day, I don't think there is much to worry about. Um, towards finals, but 
Three names before I transition to you, Daph. Uh, Nick Newman, 25 touches. His direct opponent was Toby Green, and he ended up kicking four. So that was a bit of an interesting one. Uh, Brody Kemp, 16 touches, six marks, but his direct opponent was Jake Riccardi. Uh, but I still think Kemp still performed quite well. He actually transitioned forward in the last quarter. I don't know if you saw that, but um, he was he was in the forward line uh, for the last quarter, which was quite funny to see. But also Jake Wiedering, as we've touched on, um, 18 touches, uh, seven marks. He's such a important player down in that defensive, uh, the defensive area. But Duffy Boy, those three names, and of course some other names that come to your mind. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, with, yeah, with the first name, I thought Newman actually struggled a bit with ball in hand. I, I thought there was a, a lot of times where he was on his left foot and could kick, and he'd go and fake his opponent and run on his right foot every time, then force a handball to a player under pressure. There was a few moments there where it happened a lot and it was just like, what the hell is he doing? Like yeah. It was just so many times we could have got it inside 50 and fast to one-on-ones and then he'd take it on. I don't know if you saw it as well, but he'd take him on and then go on his opposite foot and then wouldn't be able to kick. So he'd handball and it was just like, it was overused for mine. Um, I thought that as, a, as a whole, we overused it um, in a sense um, throughout the whole game, but yeah, his direct opponent, Toby Green, kicked goals. But I think that was off the back of, you know, our transition defense because we we press up a lot and there was a lot of goals out the back um, last night. So I'm not sure if we can be too worried about Newey because I think his form's been really good and obviously he's pushing an All-Australian selection. Um, hopefully uh, this week, I think. I think on Wednesday they picked the team. So that'll be very, very interesting. Uh, Brody Kemp, what, yes, like you said, he went forward. It um, was given me 20... 2021 Liam Jones versus Melbourne um, vibes, but no, nah, no, nah, Kempy can play forward, but yeah, I'm not sure what the thinking was there. Um, maybe, I don't know, uh, mix it up. Maybe because Marchbank was subbed on and maybe we were too tall down there. I think that might've been the reason. I'm not really, really sure, but he, he was okay. Actually, Kempy took a few big marks. Um, it's a good matchup, him and Riccardi, I reckon. Uh, I think they're kind of similar height and similar yeah. size and athleticism. So, I think Kemp will be right. I thought Wiedering was superb um, yesterday. Um, they don't really have that key forward, do they? They obviously have key forwards, but they don't have the man. You know, they don't have, um, you know, a Harry or a Charlie up there. They've got more of a, you know, Toby Green focused forward line. But um, no, I thought Wiedering was good. He's taken his marks. That's all you want to see from him. Um, you know, when the ball's going in, you go, yep, he's going to mark it. Yep. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a really good sign. So yeah, defense conceded 105. Um, but maybe, like I said, it maybe it might be a good thing. Might be a good, you know, rocket up the backside for finals, and uh, hopefully, you know, beat the Swans in the first week. Yep, completely spot on. Um, just to also touch, um, I guess, um, also touch on Brody Camp and his, I mean, his opponent of Jack Riccardi. I think Jack Riccardi played quite a solid game, but I think he kicked a, a few cheap cheap goals. So I think yeah. it kind of looks yeah. bad for like Camp because like ah. Oh, he kicked three goals and that's his direct opponent. But same thing with Toby Green. Like I still yeah, they were cheap. Yeah, they were cheapies, weren't they? Like yeah. it's not like it's not like it was really Nick Newman's fault. And as you said earlier, I don't think it's necessarily Nick Newman locking down Toby Green. And I just think um now it, it's gonna be quite a good conversation to have where when Sam Doherty does come back, I don't know because now that Walsh and Chera are both back, I don't know if Doherty is going to play that midfield role. So that means that he might go back into the back line. And that's going to be, I guess, a conversation to see what happens with Nick Newman because he's right now playing that Doherty role of last year. So yeah, if he's – I think I like Newey playing as that Doc role. Yeah. 
But now with Doc coming maybe back to that back line, that's another talking point. But um, we'll now move on to the midfield conversation. Now we saw two players return, which was great to see. Um, of course, Sam Walsh and Adam Chera, um, they both returned and played um, solid enough games. Like, I think I think Walsh started off really well in that first or second quarter, and that's probably yeah. when we were up and firing. So it was good to see Walsh um, really dominate in that first half. But Chera looked at just a little bit, I guess, underdone, and that's quite um, understandable, like, especially with Chera, because when he came back, one game um, against Collingwood and he played a half and then he went out again. So it's not yeah. like he's had a lot of football in the past, probably 10 weeks, but um, I think Walsh had 28 touches in the end. So now my other question before I transition to you, Daff as well is now that Cripps is going to come back, Paddy Dow. Now he wasn't great yesterday at all. Um, now it's stiff on Dow. You don't want to single out players, but unfortunately with, the team that we have right now and the players that we have to bring back into this side, guys have to make way. And I really would have loved to see a Paddy Dow perform yesterday to make it even harder for the selection. But unfortunately, I just think Paddy Dow has to make way for Paddy Cripps. But for those three names, Daffy Boy, but of course other names that come to your head as well, um, what, what were your thoughts on the midfield? Yeah, um, just starting on Walsh and Chera, I thought it was just good to see them back in action. Um, I think they're going to be you know, our two main mids for the next decade or so. They're only 23 years old, which is which is nuts. And, um, you know, I, I think it's good they got through the game. I actually saw, uh, walking into the game, I actually saw Sam Walsh's mum uh, waiting near the gate. So that was <laughs> that was quite funny. But, um, <laughs> no, I, um, no, I thought I thought Walsh's game was solid. Um, he's missed a fair chunk of footy this year as a whole. You know, he's, he had an injury uh, early in the year and then he, came back and then he got injured again. So um hasn't been consistent for him this year, but um it's good to see him playing well. And and Chera, like you said, I thought he was just a little bit rusty yesterday. Um so was all the kind of returnees. I thought Walsh he was he was good, but I thought you could tell. Um same as Gov. I thought Gov was quite okay, but I just yeah. thought um it was just a little bit of match fitness they needed and um they'll be good to go. But based on you know the Paddy Dow question, I um I was thinking about it post-game straight away and I thought, yep, yeah, I think he's going to have to make way. Um, if you bring in Doc and Cripps in, who both can play mid, um, I think, you know, they they probably they probably make way and there's probably going to be an unlucky one in terms of Cunners or, you know, you know, I thought I, I thought Cunners had 24 touches, but I thought I thought he struggled. I, I thought he I thought he struggled in terms of impact that we know he can, you know, he's silk and, you know, his cleanliness. I know he had 24 touches, but sometimes it's just numbers for me. You know, like I thought, you know, 17 handballs, 180 metres gained. So I don't know. I just thought his game was, I don't know. It was, someone's going to have to be unlucky, unfortunately, um, whether it's him or Fogarty or whoever. Because I think, or even Corey Durden um, is going to be unlucky when Motlop comes back. Because I think that has to be the switch for mine um, in terms of both of their forms. It's going to be unlucky for Durds, but... Um, yeah, I think with the Dow question, I thought he was meh yesterday. I thought he was, uh, yeah. Uh, you can tell, you know, I don't know. This is, there was this feeling yesterday that I just felt like that could be his last game this year, um, pending on injuries and stuff like that. So you bring in Cripps and Doherty for, for Dow and whoever, you know, that sets pretty good, uh, pretty good players to bring in. Yeah, well, I mean, that's where I kind of see it as well, where yeah. usually when Paddy Dow plays a good game, he's the one that stands out. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, I mean, 
like like he had twenty one touches. I'm just like twenty one touches, really? Like I didn't think I didn't think he had that much of the ball, but I do agree to a sense with Cunningham. But I still so important and along with Fogarty as well. I still they are both so important, and that's actually the first time Cunningham has lost in a while. Playing. Playing it, yeah, yeah. What? Because what? Like, like he was. I mean, he was obviously um in that in that nine game win streak. But I think even when he was playing, I think he would have um prior to his injury, I think he would have um also been, I, I guess, involved in in a few wins as well. But um, but yeah, twenty four touches for Cunners. But also Zach Fisher is another conversation to have because yeah. me and this is just my opinion, and I got this a little bit off Barney as well. We were having a um a convo last night and. I just think that he's too he's too attacking. He's a little bit too attacking for a defender. And it's quite yeah. hard for him because he's gone straight into he's kind of been dropped into that into that defensive role. But I think yeah. I would rather see a Jordan Boyd back and take over that Fisher role. Um but who knows? Even with Sam Docky coming back, may, maybe that takes that Zach yeah. Fisher role. And, and like Alex Chincotta, who I reckon was actually quite solid yesterday. Yeah. I reckon I reckon he's gonna probably maybe play that Zach Fisher role and maybe get a little bit more of the football. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think Zach Fisher looked a little bit, a little bit, um, he, he was found out yesterday and I think he kind of showed against a good side in Giants. He gets a little bit found out, but um, yeah, I think, I think another conversation, I mean, I, I, like, I know that it's kind of based on the midfield right now, but I think another player that we need to touch on is Mitch McGovern and he looked very underdone as well yesterday. Um, he, yeah. he he was just dropping marks and making mistakes that he doesn't usually do. And I was like, "Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, it's just yeah. so frustrating. But um, as I said, we, we can't be looking at, at the negatives right now because right now we just have to try and soak in the moment um, of going into finals in a couple of weeks' time. But the big one, I, I reckon, out of all these lines is a right conversation. And it's uh, and it's TDK. We saw him in that sole ruck position Um and the other player, of course, Harry Mackay, is that second ruck. Um, it's a big conversation to have. We spoke to, um, we spoke about it before we press record on the episode, and who knows, we might see a inclusion um, next week for the final. But uh, how how did you see TDK in that sole ruck position? But also Harry Mackay as a second ruck. I thought TDK was really good yesterday. Yeah, uh, well, I just look at the stats now, and I thought his his impact was good and. Um, he's fight. Well, he won the hitouts. He won the hitouts thirty four to twenty two against Briggs. So that's a that's a massive. Effort. Um, yeah, I think he, he kicked a really good goal as well. So um, he had a really solid all round game, and he's showing why you know we've we've you know we want him to stay at Carlton, and obviously he re-signed. So it was good to see. But um, and he had six clearances to go with that as well, which is a good sign. Um, always, but um, yeah, with the second ruck, I um. I, I think Harry can play the ruck, but I'm just not now. I just I think you need to, you know, train to be a ruckman in terms of craft. Yeah. Like he probably needs a month with Matty Cruiser or whoever at training to really get down pat. Cause sometimes in the ruck contest he especially in the middle, um, he really didn't I know didn't look like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um to be with yeah, it looked like a genuine pinch hit, you know, ruckman. And credit to him he had to be yesterday. But um, maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe he said, fuck you, Vossi. I want to play only forward. I don't want to play in the ruck. So <laughs> somewhere with that. Um, I don't think that will be the, it's just a shame about sauce, man. It is just an absolute shame because he would play that role to a T, but I think for the first final, 
based on what I've been hearing about Pido in terms of his sickness throughout the week, he hasn't been able to train much. Um, you know, he was omitted, but I think he was dropped, but also because he didn't train much throughout the week, um, he wasn't playing. I think we need him for the first final because I think they've got some good ruck stocks, um, the Swans. They've got obviously Hickey, Amadi and McLean. So you probably do need both of them playing. Um, I think just around, there was something about the stoppages yesterday. We were just, they're running through a little bit easy. And I think with Pido, sometimes he's got that big, well, you know, he's a big, big boy. Um, and just, he's a bit more physical around the contest than, than Tom is sometimes. And also Harry when he was in the ruck. So yeah, I think they'll both play the first final, Pado. But it's just, once again, who the hell do you drop? Who the hell do you drop? That's lucky we're not the, you know, the selection uh, uh, committee. Yeah, well, I mean, if we were if we were the selection, uh, <laughs> I reckon we would play Dom McHughie in the forward line. Put Daffy Boy in the ruck, mate. Put Daffy Boy in the ruck. But, um, but yeah, I f- it's a it's a good conversation to I guess touch on, and it's I think TDK um I think TDK was really good yesterday, but I think he was so good because of that sole ruck position, which is like that's that's not the problem. I think it's the yeah. second ruck which is the problem. So TDK, we yeah. all know that he could be the sole ruckman, but it's down yeah, to what you do with pit and net. I mean, what you do with that second ruck, that's the problem. And, oh God, it's just so good problem. Because we've got the players to do it. In yeah. Term, you know, we've got the players to be able to ruck, but it's just, it's a good problem, but a bad problem. There's plenty of good problems we're currently facing, which is a, a shows where the growth we've had, in my opinion. Because, you know, two years ago, we're on Baggish Chat talking about, should we delist, you know, Josh DeLuca for fuck's sake? Should we be picking Josh DeLuca? Like he was okay, but you know, it's it's you know, oh, why do we delist, you know, Michael Gibbons and stuff like that? We don't have those players anymore. Yeah, no, we we have fringe players still, but our fringe players get better and better as the years go by. Plowman's a hundred fifty, you know, game player at Carlton, and he's a fringe player now. Yeah, so where the whole selection it's shifted massively, and especially in the last probably you know ten weeks when we've been winning. Yep, well said. And I think it's good because I think a Silvani will be like primed right right in front of the grand final when we play in it. I reckon he'll be <laughs> straight back into to the grand final team, Daffy Boy. But uh okay, yeah. So now we'll move on to the forward line, of course. Uh there's a few names that we have to touch on. Uh I think there's probably one name that we have to touch on in particular, but of course there's a few other forward uh, forward players um that uh, played played solid enough to probably get their spot locked in for finals football, but also then there might be a few players in there that might be a little bit nervous. But then the main name that we have to touch on is is of course the common medalist Charlie Kerno, who kicked three goals overall um, in the game, but he 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 locked in that common medal very early, which is uh, quite comf- comforting to like for Carlton supporters to kind of see that. Um, but also Matt always performed well as well. I think he ended up with about two goals as well. So he played yep. quite a solid game. Um, he's that guy who just keeps... He's he, by far our most consistent forward, our small forward this year. Yeah. yeah. He's, been, he's been absolutely fantastic. So um, Matt always is an absolute lock for the elimination final as well. But another player that we have to touch on is Jack Martin, who I think he will definitely be playing in the elimination final. But he was a little bit found out yesterday by a solid defender in Connor Iden. Um And, and, and Martin ended up, ended up kicking uh, one goal, but I think Iden still did his role. And he, yeah, I mean, as you said earlier, um, he was just found out by Connor Iden. And like, he's a great defender. I still think he's underrated. Giants, yeah, he Giants defenders are so underrated. And actually, before we touch on anything else, I think we have to touch on that Sam Taylor was, of course, um, laid yeah. out uh, for, for the game. So 
we were a little bit excited because we were like, oh, well, if Sam Taylor's not playing, who knows? But I think like a Lockie Key for even like, like a Jack Buckley who went straight to Charlie Kerno. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I still think I still think he did quite a solid job on Charlie Kerno after he kicked those uh, three goals. But those three names, Stafford Boy, and of course, maybe to touch on a Cunners or a Lockie Fogarty as well, and probably a Corey Durden. Um, what were your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, no, I thought um, just getting the ball inside 50, we struggled a little bit. Not getting it in, but it was just our efficiency, I think, was a little bit off yesterday. I think we were just a little bit off as a whole. But, yeah, oh, I think, obviously, you got to touch on Charlie. Uh, I thought he actually played pretty well, Charlie. Oh, I thought um, started really quick, obviously, got his two goals early, which is good. Didn't have to worry about that, so got it done. Obviously, he ended up with three, which is good. Um and he dropped that mark, that easy mark. I was like, what the hell? I was like, that's, that's, I was like, that's what I knew. I was like, there's something up here. There's yeah. something up here. The, in the intensities out of the game, it was just, yeah. But, um, yeah, with our other forwards, obviously, always, I think, you know, I touched on last week. I think we all thought he was that, you know, pressure forward, but now he's actually the for, the small forward that every team, every good team has in terms of goals. He, he's a goal scorer now. He, he's changed his game. He's evolved his game to be a goal scorer. And to be fair, he, he's since even in his first game, I think he kicked four or three, three or four against Essendon. That's so he has, he has been that kind of goal, you know, threat uh, when we are playing well. So um, that's really good to see. Um, he he got around it once again yesterday with the goal celebrations in the. Uh, <laughs> I'd hate to think what he'll do if he kicks a goal in the final, oh. but he'll do a, he'll do a cartwheel um, in the middle of the game <laughs> or something like that. I'm not sure, but we'll have to wait and see. For that, chug it down in the comments below if you're listening right now. What will Matt always do for his first goal in the final? Will he do a chest bump? Will he? I don't know what he'll do, but he'll do something, the little fella. But um, yeah, on Jack Martin, I, I think um, I just think it was just Connor Iden who who beat him, and that's going to happen. That's going to happen, and I'm happy it's happened in the game in a round 24 game. Uh, I think it's really hard to defend Jack Martin. I think he's really unpredictable in terms of what he can do aerially. He's really good on the ground. He's really good, but I thought. Um, he denied him getting the ball at all in any contest. Um, that was his number one priority. And also hurt, hurt us on the way back. He'd take a mark and go forward with it. Iden, like you said, I think he's really underrated. Like their other defenders, um, you know, I think they need to put a little bit more respect on the names of, you know, Jack Buckley's and um, Connor Iden's and other guys like that through there. And um, like you said, Lockie Keith, he's a bit of a job doer. Um, you know, he plays in the ruck up forward, down back. He's, I think he was at Collingwood. Um, before then, but yeah, he's kind of that role player. They always kind of tend to have the Giants. They always have one of those blokes, don't they? So, um, but yeah, I just thought his positioning on Martin was was crucial in in terms of minimising Jack's impact. But I know around uh, around um, you know the first week of finals, I think Jack Martin will be uh, eyeing the goals up, mate. <laughs> I'm like actually to flash back to what you like to what you were kind of saying about Matt OEZ. I think could you yeah. imagine just just. Just, <laughs> just try and imagine, like in your, like, just in your <laughs> dreams, mate. So all the supporters out there, Matt Owies kicking the winner in the grand final, <laughs> like to, to solidify the premiership, and it's Matt Owies. Imagine what he would do. I, I reckon, I reckon his head will blow off. Like, I reckon his head will blow off. I'm just, it would be unbelievable because, like. He gets excited if he kicks buddy a goal if we're fucking 80 points training. down. And training. Training. Imagine if he fucking kicks the winner on grand final day. Um, but uh, it's just so exciting to have guys like that because as we as, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, he's that supporter. 
He's a supporter yeah, that yeah. like exactly how he celebrates. That's how we celebrate. Mate, yeah. like we're like our fucking head is about to blow off if you fucking kick it off. <laughs> so um but yeah, well said. I think it's the I think it's the forward line. It's it's the these are the players that are gonna win us a final. These are the guys that are gonna put us deep into finals if these guys are performing. Jack Martin is that player that can really, really show up in a in a final in a big game. And all these guys haven't played finals. So it's like a Charlie Kerner who's at finals player, Jack Martin, Harry Mackay, Matt Owies. Like these are finals players that you want to see in a big game. And it's finally their opportunity um, where hopefully we can see them um, against Sydney Swans on a Friday night. And, and of course, actually, um, we will mention this before we uh, touch on the best on ground, but the fight, uh, our first final is locked in for Friday night um, against the Sydney Swans. So it's the 9th of, uh, 8th of September. Um, yep. So, yeah, so I think tickets come out uh, Wednesday morning. So this uh, episode will uh, be released tomorrow, 9 a.m. Um, so yep. a, a Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. So um, it's quite it's quite exciting uh, to kind of think about us actually buying finals tickets for the Carlton. Yeah. But before we wrap up the episode, Daffy Boy, I need your best on ground. If, 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 probably for the first time in nine, ten weeks, uh, we there's not a lot of players that were really best on ground yesterday. But if you were to name one player from the Carlton Football Club, who would you say? Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I'm looking through the names here, Pato, and I'm you know nothing's really. You know, obviously, we had some solid players. I thought, but for me, I know he didn't have twenty touches and seven hundred goals, but I thought Tom DeConning was. Was our was our best in terms of we 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 gave him the challenge in the preview. He's facing Kieran Briggs is really good, and I thought he, he really played well against him. So I, I thought you know thirty four hitouts is pretty pretty good. Um, considering a few years ago we we're talking about you know TDK wasn't getting enough hitouts. So obviously his, his crafts improved. We've got other names in there that I could you know while she was good, but I think I'm going to give someone else a, a go this week, and I think TDK was was definitely good. Was definitely good yesterday. Okay, well, like I, like I do like the thinking because even like a couple of weeks ago, I think I think I said, oh, maybe maybe it was you. It was one of us who said the best on ground for TDK. Um, but yeah, I, I reckon I, I want to say I want to say Charlie Kerno, but I'm like we always say Charlie Kerno. So I reckon I'll put it to the returning Sam Walsh, and I reckon his first half in particular yeah. was fantastic. And in the end, he got 28 touches, and I think he went at. 75% efficiency. So um he yep. still had a solid game, uh four tackles, three marks. Um, of course it didn't impact the scoreboard, but he still got 13 contested possessions. So I still think he played a solid game. And as we've mentioned throughout the episode, it's it's good to get these guys back in their like I guess match fitness before a big final. But also to touch on Adam Cherry, like he had 23 touches, but he still played a solid um I mean I mean like that's still solid numbers. I think he had 74% efficiency, but um, yeah, I think it's just good to have these guys come back in. And we like like saying, and Adam Chera, he probably won't get as many touches as what he used to get throughout the season because now we have Sam Walsh back. So, yeah, one yeah. of these players, um, unfortunately, well, like I say, like a George Hewitt, he, he had he was, 20 touches, he but he was good. Day. Yeah, he, he was, was fantastic. Good. He was fantastic. Left foot goal. Yeah, left foot goal. How good was that? Was like, what the hell? I was like, what the hell? Yeah. I didn't know George had that in his repertoire. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what? But, but, but like he kicked it from fifty. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, was <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the hell's going on? But um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's just a guy. Like, unfortunately, guys like that, and it doesn't matter because you know that Chero can pull out a thirty game, um, 
a 30 disposal game, but I think Chera still had um, a solid game with 23 touches. But uh, yep, yeah, that is, uh, of course, the last review for the home away season. Couldn't even get the word out there, Ducker Boy. <laughs> um, but before uh, we, I guess, wrap up the episode, is there anything else you would like to touch on for our final review for the home away season? Yeah, it's weird. Um, usually we're looking at uh, trade periods and drafts currently in the whole season review, looking at every game, obviously, we were last year. So just happy we're in the finals. It's a bit of an odd feeling. Um, I'm definitely content of where we're at right now. And um, for me, let's just let's just get a finals win because I think it's needed for this club. And um, you never know, Pato. You just never know what's going to happen. It's going to be a tough. It's going to be tough. If we want to go all the way, it's going to be tough. You've got to beat Sydney. You got to beat well. You know, you got to beat you know Collingwood or Melbourne at the G, and then you got to play Brisbane um, at the Gabba, or probably a uh, probably Brisbane at the Gabba. I'd imagine that would yeah. win the first final. So, yeah, it's going to be tough, Pato, but let's just enjoy it and uh, get around the blue baggers, eh? Yep, completely spot on. Because yeah, because we'll have to beat Sydney, then we'll have to beat uh, either Collingwood or Melbourne, then we we'll have to beat Brisbane, then we'll probably play St Kilda in the grand final, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> Giant to the Giant to the grand final, and Connor Iden's oh. going to win the North Medal. Oh <laughs> God, if that if that happens, you can sign my life away, mate. You can sign my life away. But um, but uh, of course, to uh, all the um the viewers and listeners uh, that are, that is watching this episode right now. And of course, has watched us the whole season. Um, I hope you've enjoyed uh, season three for baggers chat. Um, it's been a bit of a, a bit, a bit of a different looks uh, for, for this season, but um, I think uh, entirely, I think we both had an absolute blast throughout the season. Um, and now finally we can actually be excited for finals content um, coming in the, in, in two weeks time. Um and hopefully we have a few more episodes to bring out. Hopefully there will be, um, what eight, eight episodes to bring out. Uh, of course, of okay. course, for, for the grand final. I, I mean, who knows, mate? For the grand final, we might bring a few reviews out, mate. So, <laughs> but um, uh, we let's just try and get through the the elimination. Yeah, let's get through that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, to all the viewers and subscribers, uh, and the listeners out there, make sure to like comment and subscribe yep. make sure to try and share the channel around um but you will see us for the preview episode for carlton v sydney swans but to you duffy boy and to all the blue baggers out there up the baggers <laughs> <laughs>